1: Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmurz Day, September 18th, 2023. On the show today, all of the things Disney announced at Destination D23, plus listener questions. Then in our main segment, Jim gives us the history of Disney's Alani Resort, including post-pandemic changes. Let's get started by bringing in the man who says the success of games like Animal Crossing and Disney's Dreamlight Valley are because they let adults know what it's like to decorate your home if you had the money to do it right. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going?
2: It's going well. Quick question. How well do you actually know Animal Crossing?
1: I mean, I can identify Tom Nook on site. Okay. I mean, don't, don't we all owe Tom Nook a bunch of coin a bunch of bells? This is very true. Exactly. This is very
2: true. On, on the other hand, from the moment I saw him blathers, the owl who runs the museum in town, <laughs> right. that was my spirit animal. I actually have a coffee <laughs> mug here at the house. Because it's like you're the guy who drones on and on with long explanations. Like, well, why where have I seen that guy before?
1: You know, so uh, Do you have the other half of this magic amulet? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic
2: but yeah i explained that to alice and he's like yep got it in one dad
1: yeah got it. Exactly, yeah yeah you're halfway through the explanation i already understood yeah
2: there we go so
1: all right jim let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at disneydish.bandcamp.com thanks to new subscribers shannon monroe eric yurchak jace stringham and dustin t and longtime subscribers jp curry lizzie ellis plaid sabbath and ingaloo Jim, these are the Disney cast members who decide which animals play well enough together to be in the same viewing spaces at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. And that's why the flamingos are in Kilimanjaro safaris, and their sworn enemies the manatees are all the way over in Epcot. True story. <laughs> <laughs> sworn enemies the manatees. <laughs> well, no, no. Speaking of which, have you seen the
2: stories about the flamingos that are turning up all over the United States now? That evidently all of the weird weather
1: that... uh, Yeah, the storms are pushing them everywhere. Yeah, yeah.
2: This is a great relief to the manatees, you know,
1: but... Exactly, who are finally free of persecution.
2: There we go. There we go. (laughs) All
1: right, folks, before we do the news, a quick plug for our new show. Jim and I have been working with Imagineer Jim Scholl for almost two years. On a new video series that explains how your favorite Disney attractions got built. Jim was the executive creative director of Walt Disney Imagineering for a number of years and has tons of never-before-seen photos and video from Disney attractions as they went from concept to artist renderings to steel and concrete. The show is called Disney Unpacked and it comes out later this year and you can see previews of it on YouTube at youtube.com slash Alright, let's do the news. And the news is sponsored by Blends travel agency. Yeah, we have a travel agency, and we can help book your next trip. Plus, it comes with a free Touring plan subscription. Check us out at touringplanes.com/dish. slash mm-hmm. dish. All right, Jim, Destination D23 announcements were made this past weekend. And I think you and I will both agree mm-hmm. that it was more than we expected, right? This is true. This okay. is true. All right. So before we talk about those, uh, every show should begin with a round of self-congratulations. On last Monday's show, we were throwing out uh, potential names for the next Disney cruise ship. And on Saturday, Disney confirmed that one of the names we suggested, the Disney Adventure, would be the name of the next ship in the fleet, and that's the Golden Dream.
2: Okay, just want to clarify here, folks, that it was Len, all right, who who said that it would be the Disney Adventure. I was the one who shared the information that potentially a ship being added to the line would be called the Disney Star. There's still one more. There's still well, one more after this. Well, <laughs> you know? but what's kind of interesting is I, I did have a listener reach out and basically say, you know, maybe you want to take a look at Imagine
1: instead of Star. Mm. So Imagine is interesting because it's a verb, right? But everything else is a noun. Yep. The Disney magic, the Disney mm. wonder, the Disney dream, the Disney fantasy, the Disney, oh, that's interesting, yeah, yeah. I wonder if we ever will get enough enough ships where it'd be like the they you start using conjunctions <laughs> like the Disney won't you know <laughs> like, I don't know let's <laughs> we'll just go through we'll go through every like like the you know does Disney has a list of like past participles somewhere yeah, no where it's know. like well we just named the lifeboats after this or something
2: if you you look at how many ships some of Disney's competitor in the oh yeah the Royal the have. Royal's running out of words let's face it and that's the thing I, I, we jump ahead a couple of decades Yes, we're cruising this week on the on the Disney Towel Animal. You know, we're really <laughs> very much it's looking like, forward to our vacation.
1: <laughs> All right, Jim, we're going to start with the D23 announcements here, and uh I'd like to tackle these in a specific order. Okay. And that order is most likely to happen first, and we should live so long as to see this happen last okay
2: okay okay
1: all right and there's some subjectivity to this Mm -hmm. listeners you just let me know if you disagree all right Mm -hmm. but let's start with the thing that is absolutely going to happen and that is the figment meet and greet which has already opened at epcot Mm -hmm. jim you'll see in the show notes that i wrote with only minor injuries so far
2: Well, you know, and I, I, I honestly wish I could give credit to whoever posted this on social media. You know, when again, Len is referring to. We've now had two videos show up online of of what is it? A figment. figment.
1: Walking down the, the rainbow tunnel
2: in right. imagination, yeah. And then, you know, just... Falling down. Falling down. And, <laughs> yeah. But it, again, great gag, you know, that basically someone on social media said, well, they did tell us the character would debut in the fall. Oh!
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so that's definitely happening, because it's mm-hmm. already happened. Yeah. Uh, the next thing, actually, uh, that was announced happens this week, mm-hmm. and that's that the original soaring Over California replaces Soren around this the world did they refer to this as a limited run or that's i didn't see that that's mm. interesting
2: right okay okay i love me you know some Soren over california i think they did an absolutely beautiful job with it an amazing score and all that
1: just interesting that that's coming back i think one of the things that we're all going to appreciate about Soren over california is that the video projection does not distort the scene uh, the scenes in Soren, the way it did in Soren around the world, and I'm, Jim. Part of me makes me, part of me mm-hmm. thinks that number one, this is an easy way for Disney to address guest complaints about mm-hmm. that. Because Laurel and I were in Epcot over the weekend, and mm-hmm. I asked her like, you know, do you want to ride Soren? Because there was no wait, yep. you know, like fifteen minutes or whatever. And she's like, normally I would say yes, mm-hmm. but Laurel said, you know, the last four times that she's done Soren around the world, mm-hmm. we were sitting on the ends. Oh. And she's like, look, the video screen is so distorted, it's not worth the 15-minute wait. Okay, okay. And I wonder if this is driving
2: that. When you sit in seats to those extremes, does it honestly look like the Elf- the Eiffel Tower is coming after you? I mean, I, that seems to be the bone of contention with a it, lot of folks. You know, it's just it a-
1: almost looks like it's so curved that they mm. intended it that way for some visual gag mm-hmm. that you're not getting, that you're not understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's I'm sure that's not the uh, result that Disney wanted. Anyway, so okay. it'll be nice to see Soarin' Over California, how long it lasts. The uh, mm-hmm. the other thing that's coming up, uh, mm-hmm. Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, has an official opening date of October 16th, so about a month from now. Okay. Uh, and there's a Moana meet-and-greet with that, so that's great. Okay. Well,
2: again, again, addressing a long-running guest complaint about lack of characters at Epcot. So there you yeah. go.
1: And we reviewed the journey of water last week. I loved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's fantastic, Jim. The next time you're down, we should definitely walk through it together. Okay. Get some input on it. All mm-hmm. right. The uh, the other thing that uh, Disney said, uh, the Hatbox Ghost will debut in the Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion in late November of 2023, and they uh, released another piece of concept art mm-hmm. uh, with that. So we should expect that to happen. I'm a little surprised this didn't happen during the last refurbishment. What's interesting about Hatbox
2: Ghost is you you definitely have to have a certain light level for the effect to play. And, in, yeah. and remember, in California they have him it's literally the moment you've come out of the attic before you, you know, and it's before you turn to go down to the graveyard. So when they made the decision that he would be placed in sort of the foyer of the Endless Hallway, yeah. I guess that hasn't quite worked as well as they'd hoped. In fact, what's kind of interesting About this artwork it suggests that they're actually building a a door that's supposed to lead to the outside to help Sort of light the figure from behind and then you know with the notion of the Toggling back and forth, you know the head in the cowl and the head then in the the hat box
1: And I noticed that they have the ghost in this particular piece of concept art not directly in the middle of the infinity no. hallway but no. off to the side mm-hmm. yeah so i think they're running into uh maybe some uh light leakage there we go which there would ruin go. the effect in the, the rest of the the uh the hallway eh. so anyway uh, november of 2023 there you go the other date we have is december 5th 2023 and that's for epcot's new fireworks show luminous the symphony of us I wish
2: I could take credit for whoever said this online, but to, to the effect of it's like Illuminations and Harmonious had a love child.
1: <laughs> well, okay. Number one, that's a great line. But number two, are you hearing that this is basically the return of Illuminations? Mm. Well. like this You know, number one, mm-hmm. I, you know, when, when Illuminations was replaced with Epcot Forever and then Harmonious, like when the announcement was made, mm-hmm. I had made peace with the fact that the 20-something year run of Illuminations was far longer than we deserved as human beings right <laughs> and that it was you know that that was as good as it could possibly get mm-hmm. and i wasn't sad to see it go because you know 20 years is a good run and mm-hmm. it will always be in my heart and now i'm thinking like okay bring it back fine with me <laughs> like, yeah. okay we you want to do illuminations version five absolutely i think the thing that's most
2: interesting about this is the the note that persistently came back from Harmonious was the notion of look, I, I if I'm not in this hundred foot space between yeah. these two shops, I can't see the show you designed. And so yeah. what's interesting is that and if think about it, Illuminations played from wherever you were standing around World Showcase Lagoon. It yeah. was a great show if you were in China, if you were in Canada, you know. I mean, you and, could and, be in certain parts
1: of Kissimmee and it sounded good. Oh, no, I mean, that's it exactly. Yeah.
2: So to give them credit, it's like okay, yeah. All right. that's the note, and so let's go back to form. I mean, yeah. at the same time, though, I, I you know again just kind of fascinated given what's going on with pyrotechnics and mm-hmm. lasers and, and that sort of thing. What the yeah. show is actually going to look like?
1: My guess is it's going to be a lot more like illuminations than anything else. And you know what? Like that's that's fine. Uh, you know, they tried something before it didn't work great like my dad always used to say you don't learn anything the second time you're kicked by a mule (laughs) like i'm okay (laughs) like i think that's absolutely you know if this is what they do for for luminous yeah absolutely absolutely fine and speaking of epcot Mm -hmm. world celebration will open uh in epcot disney says in december of 2023 and jim this is where we start the segment of the the news where Mm -hmm. we go from believable to I would take the other side of that bet. Because I was in Epcot a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Yeah. And there are parts of the World Celebration buildings, gym that are still exposed steel studs. Yeah. Like where you can see all the way through the building. And it's late September, right? Yeah. Disney has, what, 100, 105 days? If that. We're going to complete a building that has mm. been demolished. Yeah. We're going to fill the insides and have people in it. In a hundred and five days.
2: Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the enclosed performance space that's going into Future World.
1: Well, this is the thing. They haven't defined the words "world celebration" and mm-hmm. "open." <laughs> like we all understand what December 2023 means, but like, yeah. are the if the walkways are open, does that mm-hmm. count? Right. Uh, there I, we go. I think there's some leverage there. Like, mm-hmm. I think Jim, you would agree with me that. If it came down to a straight bet as Mm -hmm. to whether those buildings would be complete Mm -hmm. and occupiable in the next 100 days or not, everyone would take the or not side of that bet.
2: I think you've actually nailed it. It's the effect of you will be able to, to walk, walk through, it. through <laughs> yeah. World Celebration. Visit? No, no, no. But the construction site that we have known for 18 to 24 months at this point, You know, okay, you can now walk through it. And so you've right. got to at least embrace that. But yeah, I'll be interested to see when the actual performance space is open.
1: Let's put it this way. If the buildings in World Celebration that mm-hmm. are currently exposed steel beams are done and open to the general public before December 31st, 2023, I will do an interpretive dance in the middle of a world celebration. Like wow. and I will film it and put it online.
2: Like, okay, I, it'll be
1: a celebration of the opening of World Celebration. That's fine. Somewhere there's a, a Disney World executive It's like, <laughs> we're putting a second and third shift on this project. I exactly. want to see
2: Len dance. Okay, exactly.
1: <laughs> right. going suspend the uh, the stock dividend so we can get this done. All right, there we go. Uh, last bit of things that have a definitive timeline mm-hmm. would be the uh, we're getting uh, Ahsoka mm-hmm. added to Star Tours at Hollywood Studios at Disneyland at Disneyland Paris in the spring of 2024 so this is piggybacking off of the success of the disney plus series Mm -hmm. related to ahsoka uh, and that's that makes sense
2: earlier they have teased that also what we'll see with the new ride films that are being created for these these three different versions of star tours and by the way what upon Tokyo not joining the pile here but it's also supposed to feature the Mandalorian Grogu mm-hmm. and likewise Boba Fett and Fennec Shand
1: yeah basically all the characters that have been added in uh, in the streaming series yeah the whole notion is that you know we're going with
2: the the new stuff to get people to come to visit this attraction again. So
1: and speaking of new stuff, let's talk about the next item on the list there. Okay, before we uh, before we go on to the next thing, Jim, this is the point in the in the news where we go from things that have a date to sort of wishful thinking. And I just want to remind all of our listeners that in the recent past, Disney's announced such things as a Mary Poppins attraction, a redo of Spaceship Earth, a complete redo of Epcot's Future World and a, uh, a festival pavilion, none of which exist. So take all of this with a grain of salt. Right? Okay. Okay. All right. The next thing is uh, Country Bear Jamboree is going to get a new script and songs, and those will be Disney songs mm-hmm. in 2024. Also, uh, Liver Lips gets a new name to uh, Romeo McGrawl. Yeah.
2: At the Destination D23 event this past weekend, they did give event attendees a poster for yep. this show, which, by the way, listed it's it's opening in, in 2024. But I mm-hmm. think as Len has previously pointed out, that means it could be opening December 31st of next year. What's interesting about what they talked about with this redo is that, again, as you mentioned, it's the characters in Grizzly Hall performing Disney songs, but in the style of various country Western legends. Now, for example, mm-hmm. the the image they have of Henry on the poster is him literally dressed as hank williams you know i mean you oh. know the white hat the, the coat and such whereas romeo uh, mcgrowl formerly known as liver lips he's got his jerry lee lewis sort of blonde pompadour so that's the game of the show is yes you'll hear disney standards but again done in the style of various artists over the past 70 years of country western music The other thing I've heard is that what is currently the running time of the cut down version of the show?
1: It's like 12 to 15 minutes ish, maybe depending on whether you're counting like the load and load. But it's okay. It's remember, they've uh, they've already
2: cut it down once. That's what I'm bringing up. Supposedly, this new version of the show will be tighter than the cut down version. The notion. Really? Well, th- again, the thinking is
1: in and out, baby, in and out. Get them
2: in, get them out. Yeah, yeah. This comes on the heels of Tiana's Bayou Adventure. The thinking mm. is oh, that opens yeah, yeah. a lot of people are going to this side of the park, and th- also there's a lot of family members who don't necessarily want to ride a flume ride. And right. so the notion is, okay, where can these people go? And if there's a brand new version of Country Bear, that can suck up some of the people who are milling around in the area waiting for family members mm-hmm. or, or the sure. ones that are look at the line for Tiana and decide,
1: no, let's find something else to do. I mean, if you're waiting for your uh, lightning lane time to arrive have go. you know, 15 we go. minutes, so that, that makes complete sense. I'm a mm-hmm. little disappointed that we're mm-hmm. switching to Disney songs. Remember, there's the famous Bob Chapek story where
2: somebody asked him about, you guys are taking the original IPs out of the, the parks and you know constantly leaning into uh disney characters and it's mm-hmm. like look our competition if they had the same opportunity to use their characters in the park they do the same thing so this is literally it's like you know well come on there it's the country bears of course they're going to perform the bear necessities
1: i get that i think you know the way that i looked at this was you know a, a number of ways one is you know part of me realizes that songs like uh mama don't whoop little buford yep. which is an actual country music song
2: it is, it right? is. they're all
1: yeah. re- they were all every every song played was an actual country music song mm-hmm. you know, but that probably doesn't fly mm-hmm. in 2024 right because uh... of this and you know blood on the saddle while it's mm-hmm. a great gag song is probably yep. not relevant i get that but mm-hmm. you can't tell me that there aren't modern country songs like I would pay money if I can't get Big Al mm-hmm. to sing Folsom County, Folsom County Prison Blues, right? <laughs> like if I can't hear Big Al saying he shot him in and Reno just to see him die, I would love to hear Big Al singing um, Garth Brooks' Friends in Low Places. Yeah. Like, like I would pay, I would pay a lot of money to hear that. And the fact that we can't hear it is, you know, is kind of sad.
2: They explored that, Len, in in the 80s and 90s. In fact, that there Uh, was a version of this show where, you know, I mean, again, to give you the time frame was talked about, it was the notion of bringing in people like Garth Brooks and Reba McIntyre to come in and sing and voice the classic characters. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I mean, I think Garth Brooks would be all over that. Like, why wouldn't he? Like, I I mean, the other thing, you know, about this, you know, going with Disney songs is, you know, I'm sure the accountants pointed out that you wouldn't have to pay royalties.
2: You know, there you go. It
1: just it hurts me on the inside to think Mm -hmm. that that is actually part of the decision criteria for Mm -hmm. something like this. But that's fine. All right, we'll move on anyway. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, next thing, uh, and this doesn't have a definitive time, is new Zootopia show for Tree of Life. Yeah. I'm good with this. Like Mm -hmm. I long ago stopped going to the 3D movie tree of life because it's the same thing this is oh, yeah. overdue yeah. Yeah. super excited for this but no no clear date on it right no no though the
2: Clawhauser character uh the the overweight cheetah mm-hmm. character that we introduced in, in zootopia they, he they built an aa figure that actually factors into the the pre-show for the new zootopia t- attraction oh great that's opening at Shanghai Disneyland. What's interesting is that AA figure is being repurposed. It's supposedly will sit in the theater in the same position where you now get, now Hopper is located and he'll oh. effectively act as the host of the show. So fantastic.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this is also a great chance for Disney to address concerns about the show being too scary for small children. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I think we're going to get a, get a 2 for here. We're going to get a new mm-hmm. 3D film, which mm-hmm. is good cuz uh, we need to draw people from the edges of the park into the middle more. So, yeah, if they can pull this off, I think this is a win, and especially mm-hmm. if they can make it more family-friendly, especially for small children. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a good thing. Right. I agree. Uh next thing is uh Disney teased a Pirates of the Caribbean lounge experience. It did. It
2: did. And the concept art Features mm-hmm. the, the Barker bird. Uh, yep, you know the, the pirate. The, yeah. Oh, the pirate, the, okay. sorry. yep. that supposedly he will be featured inside of this space, which I understand it. Is a sort of a rethink and an enclosing of the Tortuga Tavern?
1: Yes, okay, that was my question to you. Like is it Tortuga Tavern? because mm-hmm. like you know yep. that Disney has struggled for decades mm-hmm. to put a viable dining concept mm-hmm. in Tortuga Tavern. And I think we all realize mm-hmm. there just isn't enough kitchen space for the yep. equipment needed mm-hmm. to make a good restaurant there. But by turning it into a lounge, way better. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is a uh, I think this is a win-win. Um my uh, my only concerns here are going to be around capacity because yep. this is going to be super incredibly popular, mm-hmm. you know, with lots of people, but I think theming-wise it fits in. Mm-hmm. We all want more lounges in Walt Disney World. Tortuga Tavern going away is no loss at all. I'm excited for this thing. If you look at
2: Tortuga Tavern and then you you pivot over to the redo of Country Bears What's uh, it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So th- this is the interesting thing. Because Tortuga Tavern mm-hmm. is connected via hallway mm-hmm. to Pecos Bills. It is. So if you think about where Tortuga Tavern sits, like let's mm-hmm. say it's the 6 o'clock position on a watch, right? Mm-hmm. The 2 o'clock position is Country Bears. Right. The 4 o'clock position is Enchanted Tiki Room, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. But the 10 o'clock position is Tiana's Bio Adventure and Pecos Bills. Yeah. So... There's a lot going on in this general area, right? There is. There is. And the
2: Country Bear Redo got not... It's a flashing green. You know, we have our opening in 2024 date, but not a lockdown. Same thing with our our pirate lounge. You know,
1: could be 2024,
2: could be 2025.
1: But again, there could be people on that side of the park. Yep, yep. Thirsty, thirsty people, Jim.
2: They are. They are. (laughs) And Pecos Bill is that what I've basically been told is like, look, we're just standing back and now gathering data from from the open within the last 10 days, uh, Tiana's Palace at Disneyland. Disneyland. And the notion is if that does the business we think it's going to do out ahead of Tiana's Bayou Adventure, that we'll see a similar concept come to Florida. Now, I cannot guarantee... A revisit of Tiana's Palace. Yeah, I mean, Cal-
1: the the dining preferences of Californians is probably not the dining preferences of the United States as a whole. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, fair.
2: But so, just be aware that there's a lot going around Pecos Bill, and and yeah, just watch that space
1: in the future, folks. <sighs> and that side of the park in 2024 is just going to be. I mean, <sighs> well, are they just going to give out hard hats to everyone who's going <laughs> west of Main Street? Is that Here's your safety vest. Yeah. yeah. How to go through that battlefield. But you know what? If the end result is we get more better things, I'm, I'm all for oh, it. No, 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 no. You know, face it. Five years down
2: the line, we'll all be happy. It's just during this period of things changing.
1: Exactly. <sighs> okay. All right. Uh, other news. Uh, Test track will be reimagined with concepts from the original World of Motion. Jim, I did not see this coming. But... A uh, couple of interesting things. The last mm-hmm. test track update was in 2012. Mm-hmm. So assuming Chevrolet had a 10-year contract, this is the right time for the next update. That makes sense, right? So that's exactly what's going on here. Okay, so let me ask you this thing. We all believe, right, that with the last update in 2012, Disney was trying to tie that test track update to the release of the Tron sequel and Tron Uprising, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because the uh, uh, Tron Legacy came out in late 2010, mm-hmm. Tron Uprising ran actually during the last Test Track update. Mm-hmm. And like, you cannot convince me that mm-hmm. Disney did not tie the current Test Track theme to Tron. Like, it's one of the, the three conspiracy theories that I actually believe, <laughs> regardless of evidence, right? <laughs> anyway, but like, if that's the case, right, mm-hmm. then I think we can all agree that the last update did not move the needle no. in terms of Test Track's popularity.
2: No, I mean, and, and I, think, I think that's the uh, the frustration. I mean, don't get me wrong. Chevrolet is to be applauded for, you know, all right, it's 10 years. They went they went along with it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, the fact that when you think about how few long-term sponsors Disney has these days and the yeah. notion that Chevrolet was like, yep, let's update it. But I, I yeah. think the, the very thing of it speaks volumes about where Epcot is right now, and in its new state of becoming, the notion mm-hmm. of let's lean into the horizons, or, or is it, it World of Motion or Horizons? What are they they saying? I, think, I think
1: they said World of Motion. Okay. but you know, if they if they picked Horizons, mm-hmm. I think I would feel the same way. I think the thing that strikes me about the current version of Test Track is there are no memorable scenes in it. It's basically all like shiny leds yeah. and, and lasers and stuff right yeah but there's no catchy song mm-hmm. there's no scene where you know you can point and laugh because mm-hmm. there's there's no real visuals right other than no. other than uh, lighting effects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know and disney does those things really well like there's no story there's no narrative which is weird mm-hmm. that disney doesn't have those because they do them really well i mean i think the other the things that um that people are going to remember from the ride right now mm-hmm. are either the part that goes outside where you go really fast or the fact that it breaks down a lot, right? <laughs> like well, they said, you know, yeah, yeah.
2: But, but you're not wrong. The inside of the building is, is a lot of empty calories. It's just, you know, it's yeah. like you are going by show scenes, but I'll be damned, Len, if I could tell you what any of them were before you burst outside and then get up to 65 miles an hour and do your victory lap, you know. Yeah, and that's
1: it. So I think, you know, this gives Disney a chance to rethink the whole ride narrative, mm-hmm. to build an actual story, and then to maybe work on the reliability part while I it. Yep, absolutely mm-hmm. fine with that. Yeah. So that's I, you know, it's a win. Yep. All right. Uh, other news. Uh, Disney um, previewed the Encanto and in Indiana Jones for Dinoland mm-hmm. makeover mm-hmm. to Tropical Americas at Animal Kingdom. And there's a lot going on in this concept art, right? So we're basically turning the Dinoland attraction into a Central American pyramid.
2: Yeah. In fact, what's been explained to me is that, you know, look at the height of that structure and remember Mm. where it's being built, which means that as you're coming in from, you know, I mean, hell, when you're pulling into the parking lot, you'll see. This you'll see.
1: You'll see it from the Oasis and from that, the that's right, it,
2: it looming yeah. up over at that corner of the park, and it'll
1: mm-hmm. it'll drive guests in that direction. Not only that, but it'll be the closest of the big things that you can see because, oh, uh, maybe Pandora, maybe some of the floating mountains, but it's definitely be closer than um, Expedition Everest is. So, yeah, to your point, it will draw mm-hmm. draw traffic there.
2: Yeah. Now, the other thing worth noting out of This concept art is if you do the overlay to the pre-existing Chester and Hester's and DinoLand USA, Mm -hmm. well, first of all, Chester and Hester's DinoRama, the retail space, is in this art. Likewise, Restaurantosaurus is in this art. So if if you look at where Indy is, that's the Dinosaur the Ride building. So this is a redo, you know, in, in kind of the the grand tradition of, you know, what the hell Disney did with how many different versions of Tomorrowland have they done in yep. uh, California, where the, the exact same building stood in the exact same place, only the facades changed.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's where I got out of this. When I was looking at the concept art, which is mm-hmm. an aerial, mm-hmm. like, three-quarters side view, mm-hmm. it was easy enough to figure out, like, okay, this is where Restronosaurus is. There we this go. This is where Dinoland is. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, yeah, Chester's and Hester's is still there. Because the the walking paths don't look like they're going to change that much. No. But I will note that where Primeval World* and mm-hmm. that area... Are now or where the where the ride used to be? Mm-hmm. That's turning from concrete to landscaped area. so that's going to be a win in yep. and of itself, right there. Like that's a, that's enough of a reason to do this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but here's my here's my sort of concern with the dinosaur thing becoming Indiana Jones. I think Indiana Jones in in Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. sort of fits. Like, mm-hmm. I can I can squint my eyes and see it, and we all know like that the ride system for dinosaur is very similar to the one oh, absolutely. used. In absolutely, Indiana absolutely, ride. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the concern that I have is one that a lot of theme park fans will have, and that's that there's a temptation to take the cheapest, easiest route here mm-hmm. and just copy the Disneyland Indiana Jones ride for Animal Kingdom, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that would be disappointing. For one thing, the Disneyland ride is 30 years old. It is. And, and a lot of theme park fans have already been on it. Mm-hmm. So, like, there'd be little reason to make a special trip to Florida to ride it. Mm-hmm because you've already been on it. Like, I'm 100% sure I would not ride it more than once because I've already experienced it both as Indiana Jones and then as Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. It also wouldn't address the ride's major faults, which is that it's too jarring, it's too scary, and too loud for families.
2: And now remember, Bruce Vaughn came through the door in March of this year as the new head of Imagineering. And and in fact, I know you're going to be talking about Beyond Big Thunder. (laughs) It's literally
1: the the next bullet item in the show notes. we'll, we'll,
2: We'll hold off on talking about that. But the, evidently it was Bruce uh, who came through and looked at the, or the original plan for what they were developing for this side of Animal Kingdom, which, remember, was mm-hmm. Zootopia going into the Dinosaur Building,
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: a Moana area being built where Dinoland USA was being built. And these things, it's peanut butter and sardines, you know, just so yeah. we—, we you know we need things that fit together better and you know he was the one who actually looked at the the original plan for beyond a Big Thunder, and well, you know, we got the Encanto area there. That's mm-hmm. South America, and we have Indy, and it's like this is more peanut butter and jelly, or peanut butter and chocolate. And we we celebrate regions of the world in this park: Africa, Asia, that sort of thing. This can give us the uppermost part of Southern Central America, that sort of thing.
1: They're actually talking about this as Tropical Americas, which is a part of the that we, of the earth's geography that we don't have in the park. So that's good. Uh,
2: talking with with friends at, at Imagineering, they, they pointed out Encanto was supposedly set in Colombia and the opening of Indiana, the original Raiders film, is set in Peru. Literally two countries that are but one you, you, another.
1: Honestly, Americans aren't great at geography. You could call them the same country and that's fine.
2: One wrinkle on the story, though, is this idea was set in motion mm-hmm. before Dial of Destiny opened in theaters and seriously underperformed.
1: Yeah, there's still a lot of love for the franchise. Though.
2: There is, there is. But I, I have to tell you that, again, you still have to go to the board and you still have to get several hundred million dollars to build a temple that's big enough to see from the parking lot. That's harder to do where, you know, we are at the tail end of Dial of Destiny's time in theaters, and the company is looking at 150 to $200 million write-down on yeah.
1: Indie. I mean, it's possible that they uh, that if they put it on streaming, it's only there uh, long enough to juice subscriptions, but they not long on. enough to have to pay out royalties to anyone on the back end. Well, true, All which true. is what they're what they're doing. Yeah, but I mean, I think to your point, right? If I'm the board, I would basically list the same arguments that I just made mm-hmm. that nobody wants a clone of a 30 year old ride that's not no. going to drive attendance. But mm-hmm. but if you think about like what they're doing, if they come up with a completely different story, right? If they tone the ride down a bit, which would make it more family friendly and draw more mm-hmm. guests to that side of the park, they come up with a completely new story with new effects like projection mapping. like they if they did projection mapping like they do at Mystic Manor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe some new ride paths and give people a reason to visit, that's how they make their money back, you know, on that. Not only that, but if you can draw people to that side of the park, Think about how much pressure it takes off of Pandora and Kilimanjaro oh, no, safaris. No, no, no,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, you know, again, to, to sort of pivot back to the Encanto portion, if you look at, I mean, you are in most of that area, you know, is being reimagined as the village at the bottom of the hill up from the Casita where the, yeah. the madrigal family. And lives. and
1: that addresses like any kid, any, any eight year old that wants to go to Disney, mm-hmm. completely addressed. But Disney doesn't is not doing a great job marketing to teens. No. That's where they you know, they tend to go to Universal. Mm-hmm. But you know, if they can make this if they can tone it down you know a little bit but still make it good for teens, mm-hmm. yeah. you have a park ops mm-hmm. plus because now you're distributing traffic traffic more evenly. You've got a marketing plus mm-hmm. right Sure. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff potentially addressed in doing this particular attraction the right way. And I hope they don't take the cheap and easy way out. Remember when Josh DeMauro was
2: standing on stage talking about, you know, that the, the billions, billions are going to be spent at these resorts. So,
1: All right. Uh, last thing uh, you mentioned to Bruce Vaughn before, but Bruce mm-hmm. uh, in this presentation said that uh, beyond Big Thunder Mountain, the expansion... Of the Magic Kingdom, uh, will be the largest ever for the park. So I we went back and looked for a reference. The last big expansion was New Fantasyland that added 26 acres to the Magic Kingdom, bringing it from 107 to 133. Mm-hmm. So let's say that this is going to be 30 acres for Beyond Big Thunder Mountain. That's a 22% increase in the size of the park. Yep. That's huge. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. E- not for nothing, like I mean, this is the kind of project mm-hmm. that Bruce Vaughn was brought back for. I'm the no, overlays, no, no. yeah, like the overlays, the mm-hmm. the updates to existing attraction. That's not why mm-hmm. Disney wanted Bruce, and it's definitely not why Bruce came back. No, to imagine he came back for things like this, right? Mm-hmm. No, the one thing I'm hearing is still firmly in
2: place is the land celebrating the Disney villains, which hundred percent. Hundred you know, percent. Which yeah. will be built next to the haunted mansion. <laughs> but the other elements of this redo, which will go again, you know, around the Rivers of America from beyond Big Thunder over to Mansion, still very much in play. So
1: Absolutely. But Jim, can you imagine mm-hmm. the Halloween parties if there's oh. a villain's lint? Like you could actually sell two Halloween parties. Yeah. You could sell a trick mm-hmm. Halloween party and a treat Halloween party on the same night in the same park. And I went to the Halloween party and I enjoyed it, right? Mm, But can you imagine the amount of money that they would make from a villain's land? Oh my god. All right. Brilliant idea. Really. But again, check goes to Tesla, folks. Check (laughs) goes to
2: Tesla. All All right. right.
1: We've got time for some uh, listener questions here, Jim. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one's from Holly Kesterson, who said, uh, I just wanted to set a quick note of thanks for mentioning the new Play, Stay, Mm -hmm. and Enjoy Disney Dining promo card Mm -hmm. at Walt Disney World during last week's podcast. I hadn't heard about it, but by moving our February trip two days earlier, we were able to save a few dollars on the same vacation package and... Get a $720 gift card for food. I am absolutely giddy. You and Jim are the best. Aww. Oh, thank you so much, Holly. No, that's fantastic. Oh, that day. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this email from Rich Howard, who says, mm-hmm. I love the show and I really appreciate the time you have to answer our trip planning question. Mm-hmm. My family and I are headed out on our first trip to Disneyland in late January. That's the 22nd through the 25th mm-hmm. of 2024. And we're putting together our touring plan. With the announcement of the expanded queue at Haunted Mansion, And the discussion with Jim on the Mm -hmm. September 4th Disney Dish, what are your thoughts on if the mansion will be up and running during our trip, either the holiday or the classic version? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, normally, Jim, you'd think that all the holiday stuff would come down Mm -hmm. like the first week of January, right? Mm -hmm. But this year, Mm -hmm. Disneyland extended the holiday overlay at Mansion by three weeks Mm -hmm. to run through January 30th.
2: And this is significant.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: you know, because yeah. again, I you know remember, seventy percent of the folks who go go to Disneyland are locals. You know, come yeah. from from like a hundred miles away. The locals, particularly Southern California locals, are kind of forgiving about okay, mansion is closed for a couple of weeks while I'm here, but I know they're changing to the Haunted Mansion Holiday, and I will right. come back and. But yeah, extending a Haunted Mansion holiday till the end or damn near the end of January. That tells you how long it looks like the mansion's going to be down for this new extended queue work for the gardens, and likewise the construction of, uh, you know... Whatever
1: Memento Mori is called out West, right?
2: Yeah. I have actually heard that 2024 may be the year without the mansion, that it's entirely possible that it won't reopen. This is how ambitious this project is, yeah. and how difficult it will be to build in this particular space of the park. It's entirely possible that when it reopens, we'll, it may be a, a, a year later, in January of 2025, and they will just walk straight into the classic mansion. But again, on the other side of that, we'll get that wonderful new extended queue with the garden, likewise we'll get the carriage house with all of the cool merch, but again, it's going to come at a cost, folks, and and Mansion could be down for a damn near full year.
1: Yeah, so this is, you know, this is what I, you know, what I was, you know, telling Rich, like it's a good news bad news situation, right? The bad news is Haunted Mansion is probably not going to be open for your trip, mm-hmm. right?
3: Mm-hmm. The good news
1: is, though, Rich, and I would, I would definitely use this line of argument with, uh, with whoever's interested, but it is the perfect excuse to plan another trip mm-hmm. to Disneyland in 2025. So, you know, got to look at the bright side of things. Yeah, yeah. here's hoping. Okay. All right. Uh, our friend Adrian Vinzulli writes mm-hmm. in with a follow-up to our question last week about whether Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique was on the Disney Cruise Line ships. And I think we said we were, but we weren't sure. Mm -hmm. And Adrian (laughs) writes in and says, you know, a couple hundred dollars in stateroom charges (laughs) tells me the answer (laughs) is yes. Our 10-year-old saved money, researched all of the available options, and had our makeover on the Dream during our transatlantic sailing this past May. Mm -hmm. The very godmothers actually shared that they had capacity to do up to 96 reservations per day.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: So, Jim, you, I mean, let's let's make the math easy and call okay. it, you know, yeah. and call it 100 reservations a day All right. at 300 bucks a pop. Oof. You're talking about 30 grand just from the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique. That's per day.
2: Wow. Okay. Per day.
1: Jeez. Yeah. Okay. And actually, that's not the only email we got for, from the Vanzulli family because mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily wrote in with this. Okay. Uh, uh, of course, it's outdated and cheesy and whatever else you want to say. But there's also nothing that brings up my Disney childhood nostalgia like the Main Street Electrical Parade. Mm -hmm. This music was my favorite record as a small child, and I'd run around our family room in circles listening to it. Mm -hmm. As a preteen, I went to a special passholder event at Disneyland, and the only thing I remember from that night was the headline feature of getting to see and touch an electrical parade float and even look inside of the controls. Wow. All right. So, uh, so Emily continues, Disney makes money off of adult nostalgia. Mm-hmm. We aren't huge parade people, but at Walt Disney World, while we stop for the electrical parade. Mm-hmm. We would absolutely consider another trip next year instead of letting our passes lapse. Uh, and then she says, look, if we're talking about nostalgia, the Tiki Room is objectively terrible and a wee bit culturally offensive. Mm-hmm. But I still have a deep soothing of my soul whenever I sit down and hear the music start. Mm-hmm. It's more than just the air conditioning. Long live the electrical parade. So, so Jim, as I was reading that Mm -hmm. letter, Mm -hmm. the image in my mind is of Disney's marketing team listening to the show Mm -hmm. just as they're sitting down for lunch. And then jumping up and running to their laptops with small crustless sandwiches and paper, and interns flying everywhere, where they're trying to write down everything Emily said uh, <laughs> to use in in future marketing, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> I mean,
2: she definitely understands again the 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 adult nostalgia aspect. Well, why we keep returning to this place? Though uh, that said, have you seen? the new version of the electrical parade that debuted at the Tokyo Disneyland where it's, it's the classic floats only reimagined with new lighting effects and new animation. And they're stunning. I, I Are just, they? yeah. And it's just one of these no. things where it's like, guys, can you take a look at what they're doing in Tokyo? Because you brought, if you brought this stateside, People would throw money at you.
1: Uh, those are the words that uh, Disney marketing wants to hear, right? There you go. There you go. All right, Jim, our last uh, letter is from Paul Matheson, which to make it sound more authoritative, mm-hmm. I'm calling a reading from Paul's letter to the Phoenicians. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
1: And Paul says, Before I tell you my crazy idea, whenever I start a sentence with, I have a crazy idea, my wife cringes because 99.44% of the time they're idiotic, mm-hmm. but that 05 per six 6% of the time, they're really good. Here goes. A Rocketeer-themed flying coaster built over Autopia. Disney could use a few more thrill rides. The Rocketeer aesthetic works perfectly in Tomorrowland. A prone flying-style coaster could work with the Rocketeer if the restraint looks like his arms are holding you in front of him. And if you build it over Autopia, it would provide much-needed shade. The huge amount of real estate for Autopia does double duty, and you could get a 1920s-era Los Angeles freeway retheme. All right. So, uh, so Jim, before we talk about Paul's idea, let's pause a second yep. for all of the Disney Imagineers who jumped up out of their chairs to find a mm-hmm. pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you hit the rewind 15 seconds button a couple times on your phone, you will get back to where Paul's letter started. All right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jim. First and foremost, Paul go take a look up
2: on YouTube and look at the jetpacks attraction Mm. that was built for Shanghai Disneyland's Tomorrowland. And they have kind of eyeballed this very thing you are talking about. For those of us who remember the summer that the Rocketeer came out, you could go to Disney MGM and watch their nighttime fireworks show from the Chinese theater, Sorcery in the Sky, and they literally would stop the show as it was originally created for a moment where suddenly the spotlight would come up and the rocketeer is standing in front of the building and he'd press his button and he'd fly off over the theater. Now, mind you, immediately the light went out. So you didn't see the practical effect that was pulling it off, but it was cool. And Disney clearly has some interest in revisiting the rocketeer they, they for example yeah. we, we had the uh, the rocketeer series that debuted on disney jr i want to say in 2019 ran for just mm-hmm. one season but yeah there is interest in this
1: franchise but over autopia that,
2: and he's not wrong that's that's an no. interesting
1: underutilized piece of real estate I mean, it's a, it's a good way to build two attractions in one space too. That's not a bad idea at all.
2: It is. It is. That's, so again, you know, they, they, we've sent a number of folks at Disney Corporate scurrying today. So let...
1: <laughs> we've done our part here, Jim. Yeah, our work
2: is done. All right. So there we yeah, go.
1: And our so. listeners have done have done uh, yeoman's work here. So this is fantastic. This is true. So all right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jim and I talk about the history of Alani, mm-hmm. including opening during the pandemic and current day, with some special guests. Look folks, I travel a lot. I work on the unofficial guide series of books, Uh, I run the touring plans travel agency nominally, so I get around quite a bit. But even so, with all the places that I've been to, I still want to be Jerry Brown when I grow up. Jim, do you want to give a partial listing of where Mr. Brown and his lovely bride of 50 years, Paula, have been just in the past year or so?
2: I, honestly, and it'd probably be easier to list where they haven't been. Uh, in, look. In, Antarctica? <laughs> no, actually, Antarctica is on the list, right? Really? I mean, I've got Brazil, Budapest, the United Kingdom, Norway, Iceland, France, Madagascar. You know? so, Svalbard. I, I, I,
3: you forgot Svalbard. You know
2: where mean? Oh, well, there we go. So, in the,
1: and that's just in the past year?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and, and not only that, the Browns are still on the move. Uh, this coming Saturday, they, they get on a plane, they go to Japan, and... This trip will reportedly include an extended stop at Tokyo Disneyland.
1: All right. Well, that's why we have uh, Jerry, a former Disney cast member, on the show today. Well, he's been traveling around the globe. He's also made frequent stops at various Disney parks and resorts. And among them is Alani, which, for anyone who's listened to the show before, I think is Disney's very best resort. Jerry, welcome to the show. You were at Alani right after it first opened, right? Because it, it opened in August of 2011, and you were there when?
3: We were there in actually in November of, of uh, 2011. Just Paul and I uh, decided to make a, uh, a trip, the two of us. And at that point, the uh, the resort was still quite a bit under construction. Uh, uh, the uh, only rooms that were open were the, the, the two buildings that were quite next to the lobby, and the, the rest of the buildings that jut out toward the sea. If you've ever been there, you know, it's like a horseshoe. Those were yeah. still behind boards, and the only way we could get to see of it was we had to uh, had to book a tour, and they took us, and we got to see what the two bedrooms and the uh, and the grand villas would look like and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, it was kind of interesting to uh, to be there at that point when it was just just kind of finding its uh, its footing, if you will. Uh,
2: but <laughs> during your tour, you see another tour being uh, led around the site.
3: Yeah, true story, as Lynn would say. Uh, <laughs> uh, at, at Ohlone, uh, even now, uh, they give tours of the of the resort because when Disney plans a resort, there's always a story behind it. You know, uh, every right. every rock, practically, uh, there's a story behind it. And uh, so you can uh, book a tour with a, a tour guide uh, or a, a cast member at Ohlone, and they take you through different areas of the resort. We're in the lobby, and they're pointing out the different pictures that are up above in the lobby. and how the lobby's constructed, and as she's talking, in comes Joe Roddy, who is the Imagineer. He was the lead Imagineer on the design of uh, of Alani, as well as Animal Kingdom and whatnot. I mean, his name is I think uh, might be familiar to a lot of your listeners. But uh, so we see him basically giving the same tour. We presume probably to a bunch of execs or VIPs or something. Not not. You know, hoi like us, but we sort of stood there and listened to hear what he was saying about that, and see if we gleaned anything else. But it was kind of interesting that you know he was there early on too to to see how things were going and to to explain about why things were built the way they were.
1: And what uh what was Alani like when it was first built? Because I think I think my first trip was like 2017, and a number of things had already changed mm-hmm. by then, right?
3: Yeah, uh early on, of course, besides the resort not. Being fully open with rooms, uh, all the restaurants were opened. But some of the things you have now, there is a there is a new pool, a grotto pool, and uh, uh, there is a uh, there was a there was an exclusive adult pool near the spa, and there was a stingray pool where you could actually go in there and pet some stingrays and whatnot. Uh,
1: N- not the uh, not in the cove but an actual pool with stingrays
3: yeah it's it's now a splash pad for kids another splash pad. oh
2: interesting again classic disney they open the hotel and the guests tell them how they actually wanted to use the space and so you had this like a quiet pool for adults and and it just yeah. quickly became obvious that we need more stuff for kids and families so you know the, a lot of that went away and the, we then got the Wailoa Valley area That's just crammed with kid related stuff. But that, they, uh, Len, they started that project. I think that the hotel or the resort had only been open a year. And a lot of that was up and running by the fall of 2013.
3: Yeah. Just in a couple of years, a a lot of big changes there. Um, Interesting story. My uh, daughter and her husband went there on their honeymoon in uh, 2012. Uh, By then, I think uh, they were staying in one of the, the main towers that was open, but in the middle of the night, She hears this voice in her room and she (laughs) goes to her husband and says, honey, somebody's in the room with us. And it was the fire alarm. Apparently. Wait, uh,
1: the the fire alarm talks to you? That
3: talks to you rather than just a a, a or whatnot. It says, uh, there is a fire emergency. Please evacuate. And they had to walk down 11 stairs as it was. It was a, a, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, 11 flights of stairs. But, uh, as it was, it was, I think something in the kitchen or something, you know, it was a, it was a, you know, you wouldn't say false alarm, but it wasn't the severe thing, but they had to walk back up the 11 uh, flights in the middle of the night.
1: (laughs) I think, I think hearing voices in the middle of the night would startle me more than the fire alarm itself. Like I would be more scared if I hear talking than if I heard an alarm.
3: Yeah. But I know by that time, the, uh, uh, you know, they they'd, I think they'd already shut down this stingray pool. And like you say, they opened more things. One key thing they opened when they first opened, they hardly had any quick service. They had mm. a signature restaurant, Obama, they had a buffet, Makahiki. They had, of course, a few bars, a pool bar and whatnot. But literally, all they had was a little window called one paddle, two paddle where you could pick up quick service food. So quickly on they decided to they took one of the grand villas at the end of um one of these towers and the ground floor one they converted it into a quick service restaurant so that now they have a much much fuller quick service experience and uh, Oh
1: that's smart. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, but but you know, it seems typical with BBC because I think the units have kitchens and whatnot. I think maybe they figure people are do more cooking and they don't want quick food. If they want to eat, they'll go to a restaurant. And if they want to have quicker stuff, they'll do it themselves, which, you know, to be honest with you, an exit down, there is a Costco and there's a Target. And uh yep. we've stated in uh, bedrooms, yeah. we've taken advantage of that, uh, you know, to uh, uh, be able to cook our own and, uh, and do so relatively inexpensively. I mean, Hawaii is more expensive. And, uh, yeah,
1: Hawaii's expensive. No. Yeah. But
3: there are ways to save. There are ways to save. Yeah.
1: My most recent trip to Alani was December of twenty nineteen, so right before COVID. And I left the resort in seven days. I left it exactly twice. One of those <laughs> was to go to one of those was to go to Food land
3: to get some food that, too. I
1: got it. Yeah, Footlands a lot of fun. All right. Well, COVID's in the news again with uh you know the recent resurgence and with some new vaccines out. By the way, uh I've learned you should definitely get the vaccine. You should absolutely not refer to it as the latest Windows update. Apparently, that's a sensitive topic. Um but back during the pandemic, you guys actually went to Alani. What was that trip like?
3: Well, uh, it was part of my family uh and during the height of the pandemic, actually my wife was undergoing some uh, some cancer treatment and So she wasn't able to travel, but it's fine because nobody could travel in 2020. We actually did have, we were originally scheduled to um, be in Aulani and be on a Disney cruise that was going from Oahu to Vancouver in 2020. But of course, no one happened there. That got canceled. The whole state of Hawaii pretty well closed down. And then when it reopened, they had some, quite a few restrictions in place. And at Aulani, it's, it's kind of a crossroads in the Pacific there. And it's very popular with Japanese tourists. And as a matter of fact, most Vacation Club members will know that, and if you know about Vacation Club, you buy points and you can use those points whenever you want. Right. A lot of typical timeshares, other uh, places, you have to buy a specific week and a specific type of unit, and that's where you're going to stay uh, during that week. Well, Alani was the first vacation club, Disney Vacation Club Resort, that offered that, mainly because the Japanese have what they call Golden Week. And a lot of those wanted that specific week tied and locked down for them.
1: And Golden Week is like a national holiday where everyone takes off, right?
3: Oh, pretty much all of uh, Japan closes down, except for tourist destinations and hospitality. Sure. And everybody goes on vacation. Yeah, exactly.
1: And when it, when is Golden Week next year? It's, it's early in the year, right? It starts April 29th and ends May 4th. And Jerry, who went with you on this uh, trip uh, in uh, in 2021?
3: Well, actually, like I say, Paula and I didn't go, but uh, my grandson, Elijah, went with uh, his uh, father, Nate. Nate is, uh, is a cast member. And at that time, Olani, it was kind of slow to be picking up again, a lot of it because of the lack of the Japanese tourists and whatnot. And uh, oh. so they made some cast member rates, uh, some super cast member rates available, and Nate uh, took my grandson, his son Elijah, and his family there during the height of the pandemic. So Elijah, you might uh, be able to tell him more about that. This
0: is my grandson Elijah.
1: Yeah, let's welcome uh, Nate and Elijah into the uh, show. Uh, Elijah, had you been to Alani prior to this trip?
0: So I had gone uh, back in 2018. My grandparents were nice enough to uh, bring me like a surprise trip to Hawaii as kind of an early graduation <laughs> gift. Um, I wasn't able to, to stay at Alani, um, unfortunately, just because of... a. Uh, um, like the golden week, like my grandfather was saying. Yeah. Um, it's too booked up we Yeah, We just couldn't get But But so see, yeah, I, had, I had gone uh, prior to COVID, which is really nice. But then during the, the height of the pandemic, my father and I uh, and some family had gone. Um, and it was a very, very different experience to what I had seen originally. And what was that like? Just getting to Hawaii, uh, very hectic. So um, whenever you book kind of the, uh, <clears throat> the flights and everything, uh, you're bombarded with uh, many, many emails about a safe travel Hawaii, which is kind of their protocol to get people to Hawaii uh, for tourism.
1: Right. The EU had something similar, but uh, you needed uh, you needed tests within a certain amount of time, I think. And there was like uh, for the EU, there's an official app. Right. Was this was this similar?
0: This was this was very, very similar. So okay. they had a uh, you had to get a specific type of covid test uh, 24 hours ahead of traveling. It was it wasn't one of those like rapid ones. It was a very. um. It was one of the more like strenuous ones. I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head. But I remember we had to travel like an hour out of our way to go to a, a specific Walgreens to get this test. And then after your test is complete, uh, you get a little QR code. And so whenever you would get to your terminal, uh, they'd scan that QR code and say, okay, you're good to go over to your gate. Once you're at the gate, you'd have to show the QR code again, and they would give you a yellow wristband, which you, you better hope you don't lose, because uh, you'll need that through the entire trip, basically. Oh,
1: really? You had to keep the wristband on the entire trip?
0: Well, meant like the entire like travel to Hawaii. I shouldn't say the whole trip, okay. but uh, like okay, the, okay. the travel there. And so we had a, a couple behind us, unfortunately, who they had gotten a, a COVID test, but it was a little past that 24 hour mark. Uh, and they were not able to uh, fly to Hawaii that day or maybe, maybe in the future. But on that flight, they didn't make it. And then so then, uh, whenever we get to Hawaii, everyone have to like, you know, raise their hands above their heads and they'd have to verify, OK, everyone has this yellow wristband. You're going to get off the flight. Wow.
1: And then what was uh, what was Alani like once you got there?
0: it was it was very different from when I had gone originally. It was still very very fantastic. Like, I was happy to be there mm-hmm. um but it seemed like it was mostly cast members and their family there. I know like my uh, my grandfather had said originally it was a lot of like Japanese tourism and it was very mixed, but this just seemed like it was a lot of like a lot of cast members and a lot of Americans first times able to travel since Covid, so it was kind of their big like okay let's let's go take a vacation finally um. But it was, you know, just kind of, as you'd expect with COVID, there was a lot of like the plexiglass everywhere. Um, Your masks had to be on throughout the entire resort, unless you were in your room or like actively in the pool. There was a few things that were different. The, uh, the entire kiddie pool area. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it was, uh, it was all shut down, unfortunately. And a hoodie bridge. That's it. Thank you. That's what it was. And then the, um, one of the restaurants, Ama Ama uh, had kind of changed a little bit. So now it was more of just pre-made takeaway meals instead of a full like sit down experience.
1: And then uh, Japan was still in lockdown, right? So there were no or probably very few Japanese tourists, right?
0: That, that's correct. Yeah. I, I don't remember seeing very many, if any at all, actually. All
1: right. And then you guys have been back since then, right?
3: Yeah. We had a trip in 2022. The uh, The cruise that had been canceled in 2020 got rescheduled in 2022. And we had actually been on a previous cruise in 2015 that went from Oahu to Vancouver. Uh, yeah, it was it was a wonderful trip, but uh, in 2015 we had intended to stay at Alani, but it was booked up. We we simply could not get in. So before our cruise, our Disney cruise, we stayed at uh, some hotel we found in Waikiki. But it was that trip that my wife and I decided. Well, if we want to do this again, we need to get some Alani points so we can have that 11 month booking window. <laughs> so we to
1: get you, Jerry. So we a, get you.
3: <laughs> we bought a DVC contract for Alani in uh, in there. And so then we had those points to use when the uh, cruise came up again in 2022 and we were able to book it. We used those points to uh, to book a stay in uh, June of 2022, uh, or no, in May of 2022, I think it was, before the, before the cruise. And uh, at that time, again, the resort was just before we went, they did away with this safe Hawaii, safe travel thing. We had started doing it and we started uploading our stuff, but like within a week or two before our trip, they said, no, you don't need that anymore. Come, come to home, we're happy to see you. So we didn't have to go through all of that stuff that Elijah did, we were prepared to do it, but they had dropped it. When we got to Aulani, still some things that uh, that weren't there, like she said, Ama Ama wasn't fully open, the Makahiki, which had been a buffet, like a lot of buffets, has gone to like family style service and whatnot, uh, I don't believe, the spa was fully open. I think it was open, but, uh, you know, some of those close contact things, they, uh, they sort of, uh, stayed away from, but, but some of the things that weren't open, I think, I don't know if it was, they were still concerned about uh, COVID so much as they just couldn't get the staff.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just didn't come back. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was tough to get the people to be able to be able to run everything you did, but they still offered those things that, um, Oh, well, at Alani that made it kind of special that, uh, like you can get ukulele lessons. And a matter of fact, one of our members so loved that she went home and bought an ukulele.
1: One of the lines that Laurel and I trade with each other just as like, a you know, an inside joke is, comes from Alani. And it uh, refers to the thing that you just talked about. And the line that we, we trade with each other is, and you have to say it, by the way, apropos of nothing. Like you just have to blurt it out while you're doing something else. But the line is, it's pronounced ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you just be walking down the street, just turn to Laurel and be like, it's pronounced ukulele. Do
3: you know where that comes from, what that, what that means? Ukulele is actually means a dancing flea.
1: Is it? Okay, I didn't know that. That's because, awesome. Yeah,
3: because because apparently the fingers as they moved along the frets looked like dancing fleas to the Hawaiians. All right. Because it was actually introduced by the Portuguese. Oh, well, there
1: you go. So, this cultural moment brought to you by... all right.
0: was actually my nickname back in high school.
1: Ukulele or dancing <laughs> flea? Dancing, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right.
0: They
3: had hula hula lessons, which I wasn't particularly good at, and they also had uh, oh, you could uh, make lays, and you know some of the things with more charge than. They, but one thing that was really odd when when we were first there, they had a stargazing thing. They, right. It was basically a cast member that would take you down at night to the beach, and she'd bring up Google Star Map and hold her phone up there and say, "Yeah, there's that star, and there's that yeah. star," uh, and it was just a freebie now there's a charge for it. So I don't know if they have more sophisticated equipment or have telescopes or something, but now if you want to do the stargazing, uh, it is a, um, it's a paid thing, uh, pay, play thing. Yeah. I will
1: say the, uh, when I, when I first went to Maui, we did go to the top, uh, uh, of one of the mountains, you know, to the observatory. And if you haven't done it, yeah, if you haven't done it, it is the most amazing view of the universe you're ever going to see with your natural eyes. In fact, it was so, Vivid, standing at the top of the mountain, I actually got vertigo from looking because you can see the dust clouds. I mean, it's that it's that clear. It looks like a picture. Yeah, Elijah, you were you were also there, right? What um, what other things were going on with uh, with guests?
0: The the two main things I saw that were different from when I had uh, gone during COVID was they had um, they brought back the uh, the character meet and greets, which I actually didn't even know they had to begin with. So that was, that was a big surprise for me, but definitely a welcome one. Um, hmm. And the other big thing is they brought back something called Auntie's Beach House, which is it's kind of like Lonnie's oh. version of like a kids club. I I did not partake in that, uh, but there were a few members of our family who absolutely loved that. Um, but those are kind of the two big things I had noticed that were uh, brought back post COVID.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! I mean, that's uh, that's a, a great activity for uh, for kids, and I think I've actually done stuff in Auntie's Beach House because that's where they have like games and stuff.
0: Yeah, I believe well. so. I believe so. I say I think okay. the adults loved it even more because okay. it was a, a bit of a time away from all the young ones. So,
1: yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. Jerry, what else did you guys do while you were in Hawaii?
3: Well, uh, like I say, in the, in this year in 2023, yeah. uh, we brought the whole family. We actually brought uh, uh, all of our kids and their significant others and family. So we had a actually two rooms. We had a two bedroom and a studio, and a total of I think 13 people. Wow. We're there.
1: Are you taking applications to join the Brown family? Because I, uh, we could put that URL in the show notes.
3: Well, you know, uh, we've got to figure out how much we want to charge for it. First.
1: Like,
3: <laughs> you know, actually, you mentioned it. You said you, you want to be me when you grow up. But the key is don't grow up. I mean. That's,
1: yeah, you know, we're, words of wisdom there. Yeah, there
3: you go. But so, yeah, we just... Uh, uh, spent, again, a lot of our time at Alani, mm-hmm. but uh, some of the family uh, climbed Diamond Head, which we had done before yeah. with a line. That's fun. Paint. And I'm getting kind of too old for some of that stuff, I guess. Uh, but uh, but wonderful. And talk about a view. Wonderful up there. We also went to the uh, Dole Plantation, uh, which, again, is a, is a real touristy thing, but it's fun. It's an awful lot of fun. And they make Dole Whips there. And <laughs>
1: Well they they grew the dole whips there, right? If I if I understand oh, yeah. my, I mean, my agriculture correctly. Yeah.
3: They spring out of the ground, except they have to refreeze them because it's too warm in Hawaii. You
1: know? Exactly, exactly. But,
3: uh, they actually have the they call it the world's largest hedge maze at the dole plantation where you uh, you have these little things and you seek out within the hedge different goals and and, and the right that you've been there. Actually some people do it for time. And you can upload your time, uh, download your time. And, no, we weren't interested in doing that. Uh, we were just more interested in getting lost. And uh, one of our members had a, I had a hot air balloon, so we could, or you know, a helium balloon. She was pulling around, so we could say, "Oh, there's where Linda is." <laughs> and so that kind of helped us a little bit, but. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of
2: fun for the kids. And... I am so glad to hear that, you know, when you were there, you did the touristy stuff, because a lot of attractions on it rely on tourism. And in, in the wake of the fires on Maui last month, obviously terrible tragedy, 115 people dead and a thousand more missing over 2,100 acres burned and 2,200 structures destroyed in Lahaina alone. But so a lot of people are hurting. But but here's the real irony. Because people began saying, don't tr- travel to Hawaii right now last month. Maui is still obviously recovering from those fires. But, but here's the thing. There's 136 other islands that make up the state of Hawaii. And those largely rely on tourism for
1: income. Yeah. Yeah, so I think what we're, uh, we're trying to say here is it's still okay to go to vacation in Hawaii. They love and need your tourism dollars for the economy to run, but maybe just don't go to Maui.
2: Yeah, more to the point. Be respectful, folks. Don't be an idiot and take a boat ride over to Maui and then park offshore and take pictures of the burned out portions of Lahaina. That, that's just classless and rude and disrespectful.
1: Anyway, uh, thanks to Jerry and Elijah Brown for coming on today's show and talking about Alani. The Disney Resort and Spa in Hawaii, and then telling us what this resort was like pre and post COVID.
0: Thanks for having us. It was our pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, oh, oh
2: no, no, no. Again, just to, to reiterate, you and Paula leave this Saturday for Japan, right? And I think you mentioned you're going to Tokyo Disneyland.
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, how, how can how can you go to Asia and not? The reason we're going to Asia, actually, is that uh, um, that's the last continent remaining.
1: Really? Oh, for us, okay. us
3: this year. Yeah. We went to. The Antarctica in February of 2023, and we're going to Australia in February of 2024. We'll be on the Disney Wonder, which goes from Australia back to Hawaii. Oh yeah. And so we were missing we were missing Asia. So we decided we Yeah, yeah. You you haven't visited
1: all seven continents in a year. Yeah. (laughs) Yes,
3: yes. A year. Well, yeah,
1: the deprivation, Jerry, it's just amazing, the the self-sacrifice there. It's
3: a, it's a worthy goal, you
1: know. Quick question, though. We're doing a show for Season
2: 2 of Disney Impact, our new video series about whales and squids in the Disney parks, and no one can tell us if there's a giant squid in the 20,000 Leagues
1: ride at, at Tokyo Disney Seas. Uh, Jim, did the giant squid get out, or... Uh, did uh, the Japanese uh, chefs get uh, hungry and turn it into sushi? I, I, look, I don't know what to tell you, Len. There's <laughs> oh, let, let me let me let me re-record that line, Jim. When you say that you're not sure if there's a giant squid there, do you mean escape <laughs> or turn to sushi? <laughs> I
2: look, what I don't know what to tell you. There, there's early concept art out there that shows inside of this mysterious island attraction it was supposed to have a giant squid in, in it. Uh, the park itself opened 22 years ago this month in, in 2001, but I, I can't get a definitive answer. So Jerry, when you and Paula are in Japan next week and, and you make it over the, to, to Tokyo Disneyland, I, if you get the chance, could, could you maybe swing by the 20,000 league ride and, and, and look around for the giant squid? It's going to have one big eye and I I think 10 tentacles right the two really long ones you know <laughs> uh, we accept
3: your mission and I will report back whether we see squid or sushi either way
2: cool all
1: right <laughs> I, uh, I cannot wait to see what uh, Jerry brings back in his suitcases anyway thanks for coming on the show today folks thanks all right and that's going to do it for our show today you can help support our show and Gmail media by subscribing over at Disney where you'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes On next week's show, Jim tells us about the best Disney fireworks show that you've almost certainly never seen. You can find more of Jim at gmailmedia.com and more of me, Len, at touringplans.com. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who will be handing out bright orange high visibility vests as part of the inevitable search and rescue operations at the 6th Annual Corn Maze Beer Festival. God bless you, Indiana, on Saturday, October 7th, 2023, starting at the 450 North Brewing Company on East 450 North in beautiful downtown Columbus, Indiana. While Aaron's doing that, please go on to iTunes and rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. Be safe out there and we'll see you on the next show.